Hello guys, welcome back to Horrors of Old Pelham. This is episode 2. Today we're going to be talking about the accent. Before we start that, uh, just a quick warning. Uh, this is going to be, the warning going to go in front of basically every single episode. I uh, just want to let everybody know that this is a traumatic real story that might be triggering for some, probably triggering for a lot of people. Um, because of the dark and depressing details of what we're going to be talking about. Today won't be nearly as bad as other days, but it still might be kind of traumatic. Uh, another thing, just everybody knows, the names of the people involved for legal reasons are going to be changed. And also the names of the location will not be revealed. Just I want to keep my siblings safe. Some of them are still not adults yet, so I, would wa I want to keep everybody's just name. Just everybody's clean. Uh, I'm going to go by zero. I'm just gonna call my mom. My mom, my brother. Uh, we'll just be go. He'll just go by Tuna. That is not his actual name. It'd be hilarious if it was, but it's not. Uh, so I'll just be calling him Tuna. My mom, mom, myself. I'll be zero, and John will be John because he's an asshole. There are there are other people in this family than those four, but there's only four people we need to know for this story that I'm going to be telling today. The story again is called the accident. Um, in total, I have, from my mom, I have, including myself, there are ten of us, which we will get into more details about them, but this, I'm the oldest, so this happened before any other ones were really, uh, born yet. Um, so, myself, uh, and John were home, my mom and Tuna were out doing something. They come back into the story later. It's important that I let you know that the two of them are out at some activity. I don't know. I don't remember what activity they were doing. I don't know if Tuna, my brother, was had a doctor's appointment or what he was doing. I don't know if he had a was over a friend's house. I don't know. I was six. He was like four. So I, I'll remember. Anyway. So uh, this is, a, again, a true story. And it started, it had to be in the year 2000. I was home with John, just the two of us. John was repairing the deck, as he did every year or two uh, in the summertime. And he's he's an idiot. Uh, let's just get that out there. One, he's an asshole. Two, he's, he's the biggest moron, probably, ever. Um, this is not an example of why he's stupid. I mean, it is, but it's not a great example. But it is a good story for explaining why he's incompetent, shouldn't be around kids, I have more of those stories. More of those stories are coming up later in the season. But this one is why he shouldn't be around kids, specifically because of his incompetence and his stupidity. Stupid. Just being dumb. Um, basically, the story is... Well, it's, a little, it's, it's not a short story, but it's not a super long story. But we're going to talk about A, the story, and B, everything else that happened. So I remember pretty much the entire day and bits and pieces of, the, of that summer. The reason I remember the entire day is because of how traumatic this, this event was. So let's start with what I remember. And then we'll fill in the gaps with things that I know happened or things that, you know, things that I know happened because of a medical report or a police report or whatever. Oh, let's start with what I remember. I was six, middle of summer, nice day out. Uh, John was rebuilding the deck. He wanted to build a wraparound. By the way, the deck has never been finished, ever. By anybody. He's never finished it. My mom doesn't have the skill set to do that. She has other skill sets. Building a deck is not one of them. So she has never finished it, and she has never had any of her friends or hired a company to finish the deck. A, that's expensive. My mom doesn't have that type of money. B, 
she doesn't really have any friends that could probably spend, you know, an entire summer building a deck. But that's neither here nor there. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is what, what John did because of his stupidity scene. So John tears apart the entire deck, leaves up the support beams because eh, they're only a year old. They don't need to be repaired, right? Um, some of them are held up by just cement in buckets stuck in the ground, so not held up by a whole hell of a lot. But I guess enough that uh, it can hold up a good amount of weight. Or one would think. Um, so John rips up the boards, and he puts down new boards. Except he doesn't nail them down or screw them down. He just lays them out to make sure they're all seemingly fit, seeming like they're all going to lay out well and look good. He cuts the ones he needs to cut and lays them back out. And he just wants to see how it looks to make sure before he puts it all together that it's it's good. Which, on paper, not not a bad idea. But remember, there's uh, there's me. I'm around. I'm six years old. I'm hyper. I have ADHD. I'm energetic. It's a nice day out. I want to be outside. So I go outside from inside. And the way my mom's house works is to get outside if you're inside is you have to leave via the porch. So you go out the front door, which is on the side of the house, and you step onto the porch first, which is where the problems for this story begin. Because remember, John hadn't nailed those boards down or screwed them down. So now I'm six years old. And I don't know that because I'm six. A six-year-old isn't going to look for those details. I mean, I feel like after this this happened, I probably did the next few times I went on the porch. Um... But at first, I was like, oh, it's a porch. It looks exactly like it did yesterday. It has some new wood, but, you know, looks exactly the same. So I go outside, and I start walking around, running around. Everything's fine. Having a good day. You know, playing with matchbox cars, jumping over boxes. I build a stupid little fort with the cardboard boxes that look like um, bricks. They're, like, painted, like, red or blue or green. Got a bunch of those. Build little forts, build little whatever. Build, play with action figures, like little, like, uh, army guys. Uh, matchbox cars, monster trucks. I have a good old time. And then I get tired from running around and playing, so I decide to sit down. And then I'm on the couch. I don't sit on the couch. I go to sit on the porch, and then I'm on the couch. That's how my memory worked then. That's how my memory works now. I very distinctly remember going to sit up on the couch, having searing pain in my head, and going and thinking, how did I get here? Well... I was outside. How'd I, how I get here? What had happened is when I went to sit down to the boards that, remember, they weren't nailed down or screwed in. They were just there. When I went to sit down, the boards moved. I fell through the deck, landed on my feet, and the boards above me, so roughly 20 plus boards, fell with me and landed square on my head. And then I either collapsed or passed out or fell over or screamed in pain. I don't know because I don't remember. And then apparently John came down, picked me up, and carried me inside and threw me on the couch. Literally threw me, not placed me, not laid. I'm not using threw just as a fun word. No, threw me on the couch. Like, tossed me to, onto the couch. And then a few minutes later, I tried to sit up. But I don't remember any of that. I remember going to sit down, waking up on the couch. Going to sit down, on the couch. That's how my memory works. Now let's talk about what John did next. Oh, wait, 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 wait before that. When I went to sit up, I saw I, I saw John in the living room, smashing my guitar, throwing boxes, smashing shit. Because that's what he did when he got angry. If he didn't beat the shit out of you, he broke your stuff. Sometimes he'd break something, you're like, that sucks, but it's not the worst thing ever. 
And then sometimes he'd break a computer and he'd be like, you know how expensive computers are? Even if I go get a cheap fucking one, you know how expensive computers are? God damn it. But he didn't see it that way, and that's really annoying. But anyway, so he's smashing shit, because of course what he did. But let's talk about what he did next. I bet you can't even guess, because what he did next is really stupid. What he did next was absolutely nothing. He didn't call my mom. Which, cell phones didn't really exist at this time. But if my mom was at the doctor's with my brother, uh, call the doctors had been like, oh, shit. Or the more common sense thing here to do would have been to call 911 and be like, hey, there's a six-year-old kid here who just had a deck line on his head. He might need to go to the hospital. Didn't do any, didn't do any of that. One hour later, my, my mom got home with my brother. And uh, my mom heard what happened and freaked out because what the fuck? A, six-year-old kid is hurt. B, why didn't she do anything to stop it? And before people go, he couldn't have stopped it. He could have helped prevent it. He could have put up a baby gate. Could have made sure I was already outside and not on the porch uh, before tearing it apart. Uh, before trying to build a new deck. Could have made sure I was not anywhere on the deck, because I was playing on that deck for a good long while. It wasn't like I was out there for a minute and then fell through. I was out there playing with Matchbox cars and whatnot for a couple of hours, and he didn't do shit to stop me, and he didn't do anything to make sure nothing bad happened. So, my mom, John, my brother, and I rush to the hospital after my mom gets done freaking out for a second. I don't I don't really remember the trip to the hospital, but we we go to the hospital. We get there, uh they do x rays, you know everything they gotta do, x rays, cat scans, whatever. To see if any of my bones are broken. And wouldn't you know it, my skull is fractured. Don't need a skull, right? Uh, nothing important in there. Um uh, you know, except for a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so they put my neck in a neck brace, which was kind of funny because I distinctly remember the doctor looking at me and telling me not to move, which I think is hysterical because did you just tell a six-year-old to not move? One, I have ADHD, but even if I didn't have ADHD, you just told a six-year-old not to move. A six-year-old, whether they have any mental issues or not, are hyper-energetic and want to keep playing and moving and having a good time. That's what they want to do. So he told a six-year-old not to move, realized his mistake immediately, and put me in a neck brace. Because um, apparently the way my head was fractured, if I had moved too much, I could have caused more damage to either my skull, my neck, some part of me that could have led to more injury or death. So that happened. And I'm really grateful to my brother. I remember being grateful then. I'm still grateful to my brother. So if he hears this, or listens to this, or I show him this, uh, I want to say thank you, because I've never said thank you. I might have when I was, you know, might have when this happened. You probably don't even remember this at all, but I remember being thankful because mom let you pick and me pick and talk about who she like. She asked like, who did I want to stay with? And you spoke up and said, because I was the oldest, and you probably knew that I would go well, do whatever, do whatever Tuna wants. But I'm grateful because you picked to go home with John. 
And you said the re- even then you said because you knew I didn't get along with John because I didn't like him. You said it differently, obviously, because you know I was six and you were four. But still, I want to say thank you to my brother for that because he didn't have to say that. He could have been like, "I want mom," and I would have been like, "All right, I guess, I guess John can stay here with me." And I would have hated that. I know I would have hated that. I hated. I didn't like. I don't like John, and I still, I never will, I never have. But, but we're not just here to talk about bad stuff, because there was good stuff that happened during this event. Well, not specifically that day. Me being in the hospital, there was good stuff. I got a really cool stuffed animal that, to this day, that I, I, I if it's at, it's at my mom's house somewhere, and if I ever find it, or if she ever finds it, and I get it back, I will still cherish the hell out of that stuffed animal. Because that stuffed animal... They don't make any one. They don't make it anymore. Two, it's their logo, and three, it it made I don't know when I was six. It made me feel like because my mom didn't purchase it. The nurses just came in one day with it and gave it to me, and that made me feel like somebody actually gave a damn about me. And I think it was I don't know if I hadn't felt that in forever or if I had never felt that, but I remember feeling like oh, there are there's good in this world. Damn, I'm glad there's good in this world. It, even at a young age, like looking back, obviously, like I, I, it didn't make me feel this way. But if I had to put my the way I felt into words, I would say the way I felt was uh, faith in humanity. Like a little bit of peace of me would be like mm, faith in humanity was restored. That's obviously not the words I would use at six because I didn't know what that meant then. I do. I know what it means now, obviously. Uh, but. That's how I would describe how I was feeling, like faith in humanity. Like I was like, oh, there's good people. There's good things still. So I cherished that stuffed animal, and if I ever find it, or if my ever finds it, I will continue to cherish it. So that's one thing, and I'll describe what it was. It's, it's pretty stupid, but it's awesome at the same time. Mainly, it's, it's, it's awesome because, one, they don't make it, and two, because of what it meant to me, what it still kind of means to me. So it's a, stu- it's a teddy bear that's wearing, like, a gown, like a... Like a a patient's gown and has a band-aid over its right knee. And they don't make it anymore. Like you can't get that anymore. Like you might be able to find it on eBay or something, but they don't make that anymore. And it's it's awesome. And I love it. And I will always love it. And that that's it's just a cool A, a cool stuffed animal, but B the way I ha- the reason I have it, the way I got it is just it's it, I don't know, it means something to me. Um but that was cool. But the other thing that happened that was really cool and I still really like and I really enjoy that happened is they had these plastic trains, not like little trains, not like, you know, Thomas the Tank or any of the characters from that show, which unfortunately I can still name almost all of them. Well, not the new characters. I'm sure there's new ones I don't know, but all the ones from like the early 2000s that I can name all those characters, basically. Uh, also, I can also name all the characters from the live action movie, but that's not what this is about. I'm just making myself feel embarrassed. So I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Um... No, uh, so they used to have these uh, trains, I'm sure you can still find them somewhere, where, like, they're big enough to fit a five, six, seven-year-old in them, and they had the, the tracks that you would click together, and I remember building them in the upstairs of the hospital inside the, like, room they'd bring me to to play while I was recovering, which had, like, blocks and stuff, but they had the trains, and I built, like, a circle and a line that went out the door and another circle, like, two little circles that were connected by just one track that you could see, so I go in, like, a figure eight almost, um... Like a figure nine with a circle on the bottom. 
That's a weird way to describe it. But that's kind of what it looked like. Anyway, so I, I remember playing with that, going up and down the hallway, having a great time. I remember playing with like the little stupid little blocks that they had, building random whatevers, and just having fun. But it, it all happened because John's an idiot. And John will always be an idiot. He is not a good person when it comes to the way he treated me, the way he treated any of my siblings, the way he treats other people's kids. He is not a good person. And I know I'm going to take heat from this, from the first episode and from this episode as well. But in the first episode, I said that if John were to die tomorrow, I wouldn't care. I, I still stand by that. I know that's not a great thing to say. I know I shouldn't wish... I don't wish death upon anybody, but at the same time, I definitely wouldn't care or mind if he was gone because he's a bad person in general. He is not a good person. No matter which way you cut it, he's not a good person for himself. He's not a good person for other people. And obviously, we're going to talk more about that throughout the series. Um... And I'm going to explain it better because right now, if you're hearing this, you're probably going, this guy's, this guy's, this guy's fucking insane. But it's because of what he did. Like, yeah, this is an example of something he did by an accident. But he did a lot of things that were on accident or on purpose. And the things he did on purpose were horrible. He, he molested my sisters. He slept with my sisters. He beat me and some of my siblings within, you know, inches of death. The fact that he didn't kill any of us is a, a freaking miracle. The fact, the fact that he didn't kill any of us, miracle. Because what he put us through, what he did to us, is almost unspeakable. I, that's why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to have people listen to anything I say, because Honestly, if no one listens, that's fine. If people listen to this, great. I'm not doing this so people listen. I want this podcast out there so people do listen to this. People know that there are still people out there that are good people. That people will be there for them. People will still listen. And that if people are going through something similar, they know they're not alone. Which I felt alone when I went through this, through these things. I felt alone. I felt abandoned and forgotten. I felt I felt like there was no one there. I felt like my mom didn't care about me. I I knew my siblings, some of my siblings cared about me. I, I, I nowadays I know that some of them don't and probably never did. But I know that a lot of them did. I know a lot of them still do. I know that there are people out there that I'm not related to that care about me, which is a nice feeling. And I know that even if you don't have people that care about you, you do have people that will help you. Which is always good. Which is something that I want people listening to this. If you've gone through something traumatic. To know that even if you don't have family that you can turn to. You don't have friends that you can turn to. That you are, that you, there are people that you can turn to. And sure it will vary depending on how old you are. It will vary on depending on what your situation is. But every single person has somebody they can turn to. Some group they can go to. And if you're going through something that makes you feel alone. Or makes you feel depressed or a certain way about anything find someone to talk to a friend that you trust a family member you trust if you're in school the school psychiatrist the school 
guidance counselor, this, you know, a teacher, uh, if you're in college and you have friends that you trust well enough to speak up, speak up. If you need to go to the dean or you need to get therapy or whatever, there are people out there that will help you. And, yes, I know that's, that first step is terrifying, but there are people out there that will help you. But we should we should talk more about should talk more about the the incident the accident. So the the deck led to more injuries to me other than just having my head fracture uh, my head my my skull fracture uh, getting you know broken basically. I had more than a fractured, that's what it's called. I had more than an accident of just a fractured skull when I was six. Six years later, when I was 12, same same deck, different wood, because it was rebuilt again, because of course it was. My brother Tuna and I, a few day, like a week before this second incident, had gone to the woods and we had found seashells. And where my mom's house is located in the United States, there shouldn't be seashells where we found them. Like, if you know, if you go into someone's house and you're, like, in the middle of the United States and you go into the, someone's house and there's seashells on the shelf, you're like, ah, oh, cool, they got that somewhere. We were in the middle of a woods, nowhere as close to any water or anyone's house or, or anywhere that should be like, oh, there's definitely going to be seashells here. We found this really cool giant rock that looked like, you know, looked like a Superman or Thor or some other super-powered character had come down and punched it. Look, it look, it legitimately looks like someone punched it, and it f split down the middle perfectly. But it's a big rock, so like if I punched it, I'd break my hand. Um, or if you punch it, you'd break your hand. Or regardless, it looks like you know Superman punched it in half. And we found seashells back there, and we're like, well, that's weird. We should bring these home, because the hell are they doing here? And we brought them home and asked our, you know, asked Mom, hey, where did these come from? We told her where we found them. She's like, I don't know where they came from. And they got scattered around and, you know, left in the sand pit, which is where you just went to play in the sand and make sand castles and whatnot. And then they got scattered around, and some of them uh, ended up on the deck. And one of them fell sideways with the thickest part of the seashell pointing down. And again, John being the fucking idiot he is, made the deck thick enough in his head. He was like, well, something is, if it's, you know, you get a pencil stuck between the two boards here, you just shove it through and it'll fall through. Which sounds like a good idea on Piper, but it's not a good idea because, so it's, it's there, it's on the board. And the shisha was just thick enough to get stuck, but not, like, thin enough where I could push it back through. And also, again, summertime, sunlight hit it just right where I couldn't see the shisha. I stepped on it, and the way I walk, because I'm pigeon-toed, is I step, and then I slide, like, half an inch, and then I pick my foot up. So I stepped on it, didn't feel any pain whatsoever. And then I slid my foot forward, and I lifted my foot up. Took a couple steps, sat down. And just saw a pool of blood. Looked down at my foot. Realized I was bleeding really bad. Screamed for my mom. 
who came out asked me, you know, like, what? What's wrong? I told her. And she called, she called uh, a hospital and asked the hospital, hey, uh, so this happened. What should I do? And the hospital's like, well, if it's deep enough that you could fit your thumb into the wound, like, you know, it's, it's thick enough and long enough that you feel like you could fit the tip of your thumb in there, he's going to need stitches. And I was like, I'm not sticking his thumb and my thumb in his foot. That's, nope. So <laughs> she drove me to the hospital. And they put, you know, took a needle with Novocaine and shoved it in my foot. Oh, yeah, I should, I should mention, I cut my foot. When this happened, my foot is in half now. It's literally in half, hanging on, but cut in half, perfectly in half, the long way. So they stick Novocaine, a needle of Novocaine, into each side of my foot and then press my, feet, my foot together. And then they go to, you know, uh, they go to sew it back together with, like, that thick metal... I don't know what it is because I'm not a doctor, but like that thick, it's like, it feels like if you touch it, it feels like it's metal iron, not iron, they would not put that in you, but it feels like just like a thick metallic wire that's holding you together, like stitches. Like I know they're called stitches or, or staples depending on what type you get. Well, staples are different, but I had staples when I had to get my appendix removed. This is sti These are stitches. I had stitches holding my foot together, but when they went to put it in, the Novocaine didn't work, so... When they first went to stick another needle in me for either more Novocaine or for the stitches, I reacted by kicking backwards and almost kicking the doctor in the face. <laughs> Which, I laugh now, not in the, hey, it was funny, more in the, <laughs> the whoops, uh, nervous type laughter. Um, so they called in, like, eight other nurses, and they had four of them sit on my back, and then two each per leg holding my leg in place so I wouldn't kick or scream and then they had another nurse that like was holding my hand and looking at me and like look at me and talking to me and trying to calm me down and that helped and they put my foot back together and then that summer I had to walk around trying to use crutches and that was just that was a bad that was a weird summer I got more stories about that summer later but yeah again all because of John's stupidity about rebuilding the deck that he that is still not finished to this day and it's been being worked on, air quotes around, worked on since like 1999. 1998, we'll go with, yeah, it had to be like 98. And uh, we have fun stories that we could talk about too that don't just have to be about depressing things. Like there's fun stories where my, when my mom was, my mom was pregnant with one of my siblings, I ran into her stomach. I was only, again, like five or six. I ran into her stomach and bounced backwards and flew and landed on, landed on my own ass, and that was hysterical. Obviously, that's a, there's a story behind all the stuff that happened, but that's just a funny day, but I don't know. And obviously, I'm starting off this podcast with a couple of light episodes, and I'm going to probably continue that. Uh, f What's next episode? Nope, next episode will be a bit darker. Um, but I'm starting off with light episodes because I don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, let's tell a story about the time where... John tried to run me over with a truck. Let's start with that episode. I'm starting it off with minor episodes. Next week, or not next week, a couple weeks from now, we'll talk about The Bite. That'll be episode three, The Bite. Uh, that's a that's a fun episode. That's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, it's, good. it's a good story. It's not a good day. Uh, and we'll talk about what happens if you call it? Next episode will be the bite, and the following episode will be called the vacation, or not the vacation. It'll be called vacations. So the next episode is just the bite. Fourth fourth episode will be vacations. 
vacations are going to have a bunch of stories in them, but one of them, one of them ends in a very, very bad way, and that'll be the one I tell last for that episode. So the part, the last thing I want to talk about with this in this episode is I want to talk about the stupidity. I guess I, I want to talk about more of that detail. I want to flesh that out. Because I'm, I'm not doing the horror of this justice yet. I will in a couple of episodes. But I, I'm trying to lay down groundwork so people understand that some of these stories... Like, I wish I could say the worst day of my childhood was when I had a deck dropped on my head. But that led to positive stories. It led to me getting a cool stuffed animal that had, had meaning when I was a kid. It led to me being in the hospital and getting to play with trains. I... It was a good. It was a good few weeks or a couple of months, however long I was there for, because I wasn't home. I didn't have to deal with John beating me every day, or trying to trying to use a whip, or trying to hit me with you know a baseball bat, or the time that he built a board with screws in it and had us walk across it. I shouldn't say that when I had my head fractured and I went to the hospital. That was probably one of my best summers as a kid, only because I didn't have to deal with John. Like, that shouldn't be the case. But John was so bad, and still is such a bad person, that you're better off not knowing him. I'm better off not knowing him. I'm better off not talking about this. But I'm talking about this because I need to get out of my head. And people need to hear about it. People need to know this type of shit still happens in day-to-day -day life, in people's lives, in people's worlds. If, if I told you someone in Africa was starving or struggling or another third world country was struggling, you would tell me that sucks and we need to do stuff about it and we need to help them as best we can. But also, like, you know, water's wet. Like, we expect people to be suffering and struggling. Like, that's we hear about that every day on the news in third world countries. Whenever it happens in America, either they don't talk about it, or they bury it, or they briefly mention it. And I'm not saying we should expect it in third world countries, because we shouldn't. We definitely shouldn't. We need to help them too. We need to do what we can to help third world countries that are struggling. We need to help people there. Um, but every, I, I want people to know, because I'm sure there's other kids or people that are my age that were like, I had a horrible childhood. I was... Same as you, stabbed, shot, poisoned, run over by a truck, had a deck dropped on stuff. Uh, maybe not the same stories, but you, I'm sure people had similar things that happened in America. And we always feel like we're alone because we're always told that bad stuff happens everywhere else. And that in itself is a tragedy that we don't tell young people growing up that no. Some of the most horrible things you're going to hear about happen in your backyard, happen down the street, happen to your neighbor, or maybe, in the worst case scenario, happen to you. Because some of the stuff, like, I've heard other people's stories, and I'm like, man, that's pretty bad. Want to hear my side of the story? And I know trauma isn't a competition, and it never will be for me or anyone else. But I, I, I remember in school we heard about, we heard about a family from a third world country that didn't have food, couldn't afford to pay for anything, 
and was basically accepted that they were going to die, and then they got the help they needed, because I guess we just see it on the news every day, so we do what we can to help them, but no one helps people here, because a lot of the stuff that we should talk about is a lot of stuff that we should be ready to help or deal with, we just pretend doesn't happen here. We just don't talk about it, because we don't accept that, you know, we're the greatest country in the world, but, and we don't accept the but. We just accept that we're the greatest, even when we're not. And, yeah, I know I'm venting, and I know I'm not telling a story, and I know no one's going to agree with my opinions. But I want people who are struggling and people who are suffering to know you're not alone. And sure, eventually I'm going to start telling stories about the time John almost broke my arm, or the time John left me for dead, or the time that... He hit me with a truck, or the time that I was covered in my own blood from head to toe, and I didn't know if I was going to live. Or the time that I was covered from head to toe with blood, knowing I would survive, but not wanting to. I know I'm going to tell those stories. I know some of those stories are coming up real soon. I know some of those, those episodes are coming up. I'm not looking forward to those. But people need to know, one, this type of stuff happens, but two... If you're going through something similar, maybe you're in a relationship with a guy, or maybe you're in a relationship with a girl, and that person's being extremely abusive, and you don't think there's a way out. There is a way out. I, I don't necessarily know what the way out is for you, but I know there's somebody out there that you can talk to, someone that can help you. You're never trapped. You might be, you might feel trapped. You might feel completely alone, but you're never alone. Because I remember being, feeling like I was alone. I remember feeling like I had no one to turn to. I went to school, I would tell the school what happened. My school would call the government, you know, the agency they need to call. They would come to my mom's house and ask what happened, and everyone would lie. Everyone would cover it up. So they couldn't do anything about it, because even though they had knew the truth, they couldn't do anything about it, because everyone would lie. And if you ask my mom about that, she'll tell you it was fear. If you ask my siblings about that, fear. My siblings and I should have been scared of the guy. My mom should have been scared of the guy, too. But when the people are there that have the authority to help, have the authority to stop, don't lie. Tell the truth. Do what's right. And I hope for everyone that's going through something traumatic, they find the help they need, they get the help they need, and I hope things get better soon. So we can't all go through something like this and just expect that everything's going to be A-OK. -okay. Things will be okay, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't, what, that's not even what I meant, what did I mean? I meant we shouldn't go through this and expect that, oh, tomorrow I'm going to get hit, tomorrow I'm going to get hit, tomorrow I'm going to get beat, tomorrow I'm going to get shot, stabbed, poisoned, tomorrow I don't get food because uh, they say I misbehaved, or because, you know, whatever the, their excuse, whatever their reason, there shouldn't be the possibility of punishment for no crime, and there shouldn't be the possibility of I'm going to get hit tomorrow because they're angry at something that I had nothing to do with. There was times where John would beat the crap out of me or my siblings just because he was in a bad mood. And nobody should go through that. And there is nothing that I... Nothing anyone can say to me that will justify what my mom did do and what John did do. And trust me when I say we have years of bullshit to dig through. We have stories of John beating us because he thought it was fun times where uh 
he would beat me so bad that I was I would pray for death. I would hope for death. I would hope against hope to die. That I would accept death. Never got it, but I would accept it. There was times where I should have died, like when I had a duck dropped on my head or like it was a fractured skull. Probably should have died. Didn't. Don't know why. Lucky, I guess. Glad I didn't die. Glad I survived. So I can tell the story. So I can be the I can be the person for my siblings and let everyone know what happened, I guess. And I'm going to talk about things that are good. I'm going to talk about things that are good. I'm going to talk about things that are much worse than what I talked about in this episode. I think the first few episodes are going to be warm-up episodes because uh, I need to get into the right mindset, and I don't want to just start off with something super dark. I don't want to start off with the worst day of my life, which will not even be in Season 1. That That one I'm saving because... There are three versions of that day, because it depends on which day I mean. There's one day that's really bad because of something John did. There's one day that's really bad because of something that happened to one of my siblings. And there's another day that's just really bad because it was just a bad day. They didn't involve them, but it involved someone else that should have been family, that I thought was family. And, yeah, so... This is going to be the podcast of the horrors of Old Pelham. And when I say that we haven't even scraped the surface, we haven't even scraped the surface. Last episode I talked about what we're going to talk about. This episode I told you two short stories about an accident. Next And two weeks from now, on our next episode, we will talk about something that happened that John did on purpose. That John did because he's an evil, vile man who does, shouldn't be trusted with anything. I wouldn't trust him with a car. You shouldn't trust him with kids. I don't trust him with my siblings. No one should trust him with anything. If you lend John a car, <laughs> you'll be lucky. You'll be lucky if you get a fucking tire back. The fact that he didn't kill any of my siblings in and of itself is a miracle. He is the worst person I have ever met. And I've I've met a lot of people that are bad, but he is the worst person I have ever met. He is the worst person that I think I will ever meet. Hopefully I've got 50-ish, 50 plus years left of my life. And I don't think anyone I ever meet or ever will meet or ever could meet will ever top what John did. And again, I know we haven't really talked about anything yet. We've only talked about two accidents this episode and a couple of quick stories and light stories from last episode. But next episode will be a very, very depressing episode. It'll be a, well, not depressing. That's the wrong word. It'll be a very traumatic, a very dark story because it's, a, again, a true story. But a story where when I walk away, when I walked away from the, the what happened, I was missing a chunk of my arm. I was bleeding very profusely. I was bruised. I the only thing that didn't happen to me was I didn't die. I wasn't shot. I wasn't stabbed. I guess I was stabbed. I wasn't shot and I wasn't dying. I didn't have any broken bones. But it is an ep- it, it is a story that is very traumatic. It is a very unfortunate tale, but it will be told in 2 weeks time. I hope everyone has a good one. I hope everyone who is having a hard time in life finds someone to talk to, find someone to lean on find someone to talk to because you're not alone 
Everyone's gone through something dark. Um, and hopefully things get better for you. I know things can get better. I know things usually get much worse and much darker before they get better. But there's always light at the end of the tunnel. There's always light on the other side. No matter how bad something is, it will can and will get better. And everyone always has someone to lean on, even if you believe you're alone. Trust me, you are not alone. You have someone, or you can find somebody. I don't always feel like I have people to talk to. But trust me when I say you do. I just wish it was much easier to find people to talk to. But if you look, you'll find. And if you ever need someone to talk to, just some random person to vent to, I'm always here. Uh... And I'm sure I'm sure no one will talk to me. But that's fine. No one needs to talk to me. Find a friend, find a family member, find someone you trust. And until next time, hope everyone has a good one. Thanks for watching. Well, wait, you can't watch this one. I'm not talking about this podcast. Thanks for listening. Hope everyone has a good one. And until next time, bye bye.